Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Built Brave podcast. I am excited for today's guest because if anything's like our pre-conversation, it will be a whole lot of fun. And with that, Desiree, can you take it away and let everyone know who you are and what you're about? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Desiree Catalancia. Um, I am the owner and founder of Desideria Collection. We are a fine jewelry company. We make custom engagement rings and cocktail rings, wedding bands, essentially anything you're looking for, fine jewelry that you can't find, we can make for you. And we call our process a co-creation process. So we work specifically with the client on exactly what they want. And we actually can do all this remotely, which is really cool. We were actually doing that pre-COVID. So before the trend of working at home, we've been doing that remotely we find that that's the easiest way to do things and it's the easiest way to reach our clients. So I started that company um, essentially right out of grad school. And that's yeah. what brought me to Philadelphia. <laughs> because you wanted to be a jewelry maker or something in jewelry for a very long time, correct? Yeah. So actually I was doing jewelry in high school and my high school art teacher, Floyd Styles shout out love you Floyd he's he was the absolute best and my honestly my art teacher in junior high we just clashed and it made me hate art and it I started thinking maybe I'll go to school for engineering because I've always wanted to go to school for art I've always been interested in that and I just had this woman like treat me absolutely horribly and I lost my passion for it and then I came to high school and I met Mr. Stiles and he like, I mean, he, he won't judge me for saying this. He's like totally an ex hippie from the sixties. That was like, my high school art teacher. So don't worry. We thought we like caught him smoking. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. We thought we yeah. caught him smoking a couple times in the, in the parking lot. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, those are the best. Those are the best like, art teachers. <laughs> so he was incredible. And he actually went to college for jewelry. And he taught me how to carve. So I started doing my first rings and all that stuff. He taught me how to solder, um, how to do inlays. Uh, what else did he teach me? A lot of things. I learned casting, which nobody knows how to cast. A lot of people that have graduated our program still don't really even feel confident casting. And I was doing that at 15, which is sweet. Um, and yeah, he kind of encouraged me. He noticed that I had a talent for jewelry and he told me about some schools that have jewelry as a major and Tyler School of Art at Temple University was one of those. So I decided to come out here to Philadelphia. This is actually the closest place to home that I even applied for college. I like had to get out of there. Sorry, Indiana. I love you all, but I can't live there. <laughs> so that's, um, like Western PA, like IUP, if you've heard of it, that is my hometown. So yeah, I moved out here for art school and I was initially torn between jewelry and drawing because drawing is what I'm naturally talented at and jewelry is something that I taught myself and learned. Um, but then I really, really liked my jewelry programs and we had the opportunity to learn CAD, which so many people don't know. And that's what I was going to do in engineering anyway. So I thought that that was like a really good bridge between the two things that I was interested in, engineering and art and design. So that kind of combined everything perfectly. And I went through the program and I loved it. And I graduated and I went to graduate school and here I am. <laughs> what is CAD? Oh, I always forget people don't know. <laughs> so CAD is computer aided design is what it stands mm -hmm. for. So it's AutoCAD. People know it as AutoCAD is what engineers call it. Or that's a program that they use in particular. I personally use Rhino. I know a lot of jewelers use Matrix. 
that would be lovely if I could afford a $10,000 program, but I can't. And I'm okay with that. I can do everything in Rhino and I actually kind of like it because there are no templates. So I do absolutely every single piece from scratch. So I start with the circle of your ring size. That's how every single one of my pieces starts. Okay. So you start with the ring size. <laughs> you like doing custom, yes. correct? Definitely. I prefer custom. It's just so much fun. And my motto is always the world is a such more, such a more beautiful place. If you were just unique to yourself, like, why would you want your ring to look like everyone else's ring? That's so mind blowing to me. I have always wanted to be different. And I've like, I mean, of course everyone wants to blend in when you're in seventh grade, but I did it because I'm tall and like, I've always been the biggest person in my class. Like in first grade, I think I was taller than my first grade teacher, Mrs. Wow. So funny. Yeah. So I always kind of stuck out and my parents always taught me to use that to my advantage. My dad would always be like, what do you mean? People are looking at you and it's embarrassing. That's great. Like, why would you want to want no one to look at you? And so I kind of realized people are going to stare at me. I stick out anyway. I might as well be who I am and be happy. But like, that's also like we always talk about that's a journey, like realizing mm -hmm. who you are and who you want to be is so difficult. <laughs> and I'm still going through it. Like, I think we're all still going through it. It's unfathomable to me that I thought that I knew who I was when I was like 18, you know, now that what? <laughs> you don't know everything just like you're 18 at 18 years old. Like what? Yeah. But we thought we knew literally mm -hmm. everything. And we knew nothing. It's honestly crazy. <laughs> Even at 25, I'm a totally different person than I was when I was 25. Mm -hmm. It's just like you grow and things evolve and it becomes a totally different life. And you're like, how did I even get here? But as long as you're doing what makes you happy, I think that that's the most important thing is like, you be unique. Your things should be different. Everything about you should be different because you're not, you and I are not the same person. We should have things to share with one another, like that help each other grow. That's what the world is all about. Mm -hmm. So like, why would that not translate into jewelry? Oh, there's so much to unpack there, <laughs> but it's so true. I think it's harder done than said when you're like, just be yourself, especially in a world and in middle school and adolescence when you're trying to figure out who you are and then not get bullied for being different that you don't want to be seen and but yet being your own unique self is where the happiness lies yeah and i truly do believe that children growing up now are a lot better at it than we were we were just raised a little bit differently um you know there were a lot more social norms now kids are just like being themselves. And I'm so envious of like high school and junior high kids that are like living their life and just having so much fun and feeling comfortable in their own skin. Like I spent years not comfortable in my own skin. Even I did a boudoir shoot yesterday and I was a little bit uncomfortable in my own skin. Like it's just a process. And I really do think and hope that our future generations don't have to deal with that as much as we do. Like, I think that they do a lot better of trying a, a lot better job of actually trying on those hats. I feel like I always like imagined myself differently, but I didn't fully mm -hmm. try on like different versions of myself. And I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. That is to like figure it out, like who you are and as you learn and grow, I mean, you try on different hats. Exactly. So why not be intentional about it instead of unintentional? Yeah. Like, and that's fine. You're not, I always feel like our generation, we were kind of like, we thought that was you being a poser. Like, no, that's actually you <laughs> like. <laughs> being a poser, doing all the things. Right? <laughs> Just looking, I was following an Instagram 90s account looking back and also I didn't grow up with any, 
with cable. So any cable memes or that, that's kind of lost on me. But yeah. <laughs> it's just interesting, like, seeing the different things and then the conversations about, like, MySpace and, you know, oh, everyone being like, well, we know how to run social media. And I go, well, did you have to actually create the perfect background and then pick out your top 10? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God, top 10. I totally Yes. Oh, that that created so much drama, too. So much drama. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Top 10 was so good. I totally forgot. About it. <laughs> so it's just, like, interesting, like, seeing all of that. Um but yeah, and going like a little nostalgia about some different things where it's kind of like, well, sometimes I'm like, can we get back to a little bit of the 90s and not so much with the social media era, like totally. still letting people be people and kids be kids and not having some of all of these other issues going on in the world. But mm-hmm. well, my whatever. parents say all the time, like they can't imagine graduating college and having the bills be all pay. We pay bills mm-hmm. that they didn't, they can't even fathom paying. Like we're paying internet we're paying netflix we're paying hulu we're paying for cable we're paying for literally everything and when they came out of college they didn't have any of that which i didn't that didn't even occur to me until she brought it up but it is kind of true it's just like it's so different like when people are also talking about like you know i had a job all throughout high school mm-hmm. and you know i had a car and i was responsible for the gas and the insurance yes there was a little leeway but not enough to be like I wasn't the sole person responsible for that car yeah. and then I see other people like you had to pay for gas and my insurance and this and I'm like what <laughs> no you can pay for that yeah. like you don't need to have your weekend job just to be for fun money like that's also not how the world works yeah exactly honestly I should have I should have learned to budget way sooner than I did <laughs> I have my dad has always said I have expensive taste and I better make a lot of money and I'm like I know and now I'm living that out and making jewelry mm-hmm. I just make it for other people I can't afford a lot of it but that's okay other people can mm-hmm. you'll get there you're on the way yeah and it fills the void it makes me feel fulfilled mm-hmm. so how was your boudoir shoot I had one about a year ago oh my gosh I loved it it was so mm-hmm. much fun I did it with Amanda Swiger. I hope I'm saying her last name right, uh, at Philadelphia Boudoir in Swiger Photography. She is incredible. It was in Fishtown, which is where my studio um, and my future showroom will be. So it was really close. And we put pretty much all of my cocktail rings that I have in stock right now all on me and took so many photos it was so much fun so we kind of tied it together with a marketing shoot for work as well as a boudoir shoot for personal so that was a lot of fun it was nerve pers- yeah I personally think every woman should do it at least oh. once it's so much fun yes it's so much fun and like I I'm not gonna lie when I left I cried for a, a second <laughs> because Honestly, body image is such a hard thing. And I'm one of my girlfriends teaches seventh and eighth grade. And she was just saying her student emailed her and she's like, oh, honey, like this is a lifelong, like body positivity and loving yourself is a lifelong journey. And it's so true. And I left immediately and I was like, oh, like I know those photos were beautiful, but why do I want myself to be perfect. Like, why do we have that need? And I couldn't understand it. And then I got the photos back. And of course I was like crying tears of joy then because they were gorgeous and she did a phenomenal job and I knew she was going to, but like, there's just that little twinge that you have to constantly fight and be like, no, you are attractive. You are beautiful. Your body's beautiful. You're fine the way you are. Like you don't have to be in, I had a man actually use the phrase peak physical condition with me (laughs) you don't have to be quote peak physical condition everyone (laughs) oh my god okay all right so he was trying to be nice okay I'm like oh I I mean okay (laughs) 
It's just really awkward how that was, but the, it's true. And um, I think it's also especially harder for people who are singled out for something growing up. So like you were tall, I had red hair. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, you know, it's, I can relate to that. It's like, it sucks and you don't want to stick out as a thor- sore thumb, but then you do. And okay. so it's kind of, you know, learning and unlearning, like your dad said, like, well, why don't you like stick out by like, why don't you want people looking at you? But when you're trying to figure it yourself out, you don't necessarily want people looking that close at you. Exactly. Especially like when those times when you do stick out, like when we're in middle school, like middle school is the worst. Oh my God. Girls. Like. It's like, I can see what year, what year I lost the baby weight or started losing the baby weight and discovered makeup like mm-hmm. <laughs> seventh grade into eighth grade there was a major shift there oh yeah I like was a really chubby kid until I think fifth into sixth was my job and my like some I went to the same exact camp every year summer's best two weeks at Greystone Church it was so much fun and my counselor I couldn't remember the word my counselor, I had had her since kindergarten, and she didn't know who I was when I came back. She's like, wow. is this? And I was like, Desi. And she's like, oh, my gosh, what? <laughs> yeah, puberty, it's crazy. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah, and then you're awkward because you don't know how to work your new body. Mm-hmm. It's just weird, and girls are mean, and it's just an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So you're starting, like, here and at the bottom. And you have to climb your way out of it. And we mm-hmm. all do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the boudoir shoot. I want to do it again. Actually, I want to do a naked shoot. So that's where I want to be in peak physical state. Yeah. To borrow that phrase. You must be in peak physical state. <laughs> that one I actually do want to. You know, I wasn't in the boudoir one, which I didn't really care because I was wearing other things. So yeah. that was fine. So. Up with like I covered myself up with a fur like I wore fur coat during a lot of it like it was fun but I would like to do another one already and it was yesterday (laughs) because it was that fun like how we don't as women also don't step into like the femininity and our feminine energy that much so when we do it's like we're getting crack cocaine for the first time and just want more like just get it love girly shit I don't know why people are so anti girly stuff is fun and I like to do it. And I'm not afraid to say that. It's fun. I like it. I like dressing up. Wearing makeup is fun. I don't do it very often. But it's just a good time. And it's mm-hmm. out of my day-to-day routine. Like, I work in my studio and I get physically dirty every day. And I don't put on makeup. And I wear a big sweatshirt. Like, that's what I wear every day. So it's nice to do something new for yourself. And, like, kind of picture yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. Especially girls who are like not feeling sexy, you should really try it. It's not, you're not going to feel crazy or out of place. Like it's just, it's really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I was coaching, volunteer coaching at the time. And there were a couple bigger girls in it that I got them to actually go during that series. And so I saw their pictures and saw that they were so happy about it and so excited. And they and looked amazing. gorgeous, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. gorgeous. It literally does not like the size of your body does not matter at all. It's crazy. Even like we were at the beach on my birthday and I was sitting there with one of my girlfriends and I was like, you know what? All these people walking past us, like these girls look great. I have never, ever once thought, oh, like she doesn't look good in that swimsuit. Never. It's never even occurred to me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. then why do I look at myself in the mirror? And I'm like, oh, I hate this. this I hate this like I don't do that to anyone else why am I doing that to me like we all do it to ourselves Mm -hmm. we shouldn't well we're our harshest critic and we're supposed to we're chasing after this like perfect person all the time and especially women who are like doing their own thing as we both are like you're on all the time you it's kind of fun to like play dress up fun to let loose do different things sometimes i'll be like baking or cooking which Mm -hmm. people are like you you do that you can do that and i look at them and want to be like assholes (laughs) yeah you're like oh uh i actually feed myself believe it or not (laughs) 
Women can do that now. It's 2020. <laughs> mm, I can I can make some delicious dishes. And like I made them and they're just like, wow, can't believe that you made that. I go, okay. Just because I say I don't necessarily like cooking doesn't mean I'm not good at it with certain dishes. Yeah. And want to do it every once in a while. Like, Yeah. The go-tos are like, you have to have your go-to meals. Mm-hmm. Like you can make a solid three things. And I feel like you're good to go for life. <laughs> if you can make a solid three things, the rest, just get a recipe and follow it. As long as you have three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. I was just like, wow, why do you always have to like people pigeonhole you in different things? I'm like, I am a human, multifaceted, multi-interest, like mm-hmm. I'm not just one thing. Yeah, multifaceted is is the word. That's been my word of the month. People are multifaceted. And people mm-hmm. who see people in the single facet, that's just not the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Like gemstones. <laughs> mm, speaking of gemstones, what was it like during that time transitioning? Because you were working with a gemstone dealer and then transitioning into your own business. Well, I had a very um, interesting experience at my first job out of college. I learned a ton. I learned a lot about, again, who I am as a person. I learned a lot about patience. Um, I learned a ton about gemstones. And I learned a lot about the jewelry industry. And I work for people who don't know in a very heavily misogynist industry. That's just the way that it is. Um, it's historically men. And I'm one of very, very few women and even fewer young women who are doing this. So I kind of just got fed up with people not taking, I guess I got fed up with having a step between me and the final piece. I didn't like having to get approval from someone. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know this looks good. I don't want to have to run this by a boss or something. And I always had known I wanted to go out on my own, but I wanted a little bit of experience first. So I went to grad school during the evenings and I worked 40 hours a week during the day. So right after work, I would go up to Temple, like fly up Fifth Street. I swear to God, I'm the reason that they have speed bumps now. (laughs) Speed cushions, sorry, but so ridiculous. I would fly up there or bike up there and do school until 9.45, do my homework, and then go to work the next day and do it all over again. So I did my entire program in, I think, a year and a half, definitely under two years. Um, And then I finally, I just couldn't take my job anymore. It was just so mentally draining. It was making me feel terrible about myself. It was making me feel like I couldn't do everything on my own and I really could. So I finally decided I was going to quit and go off on my own. And that was October 21st, 2016 is when I established my LLC officially. And that was honestly, thanks to my grad school professor who he like strong on me, strong on me into it. He's like, what are you waiting for? I don't understand. And he got like right in my face. What are you waiting for? And I was like, well, it needs to be perfect. And he's like, it's never going to be perfect. Are you kidding? You're an artist. Like it's literally never going to be perfect. Pull the trigger today. And I did. And I was like, you're right. Okay. I'm sorry. I did it. And I sent it all in and it was really scary, but it was really exciting. And then on November 2nd, a f- what? 10 days later, I got run over by a car (laughs) and I couldn't work, which was horrible and so unfortunate and like really a lot to deal with. Um, But I climbed my way out of that. It was really tough. It was really exhausting. I couldn't really walk well for a while. I didn't sit back down at my bench. I think it was like January 14th is the next time that I could actually sit down at my bench and do work. So that completely took away my first Christmas season, which anyone in the industry or anyone in any retail industry really knows that that's our heavy hitting season. So Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of money right off the bat from just not being able to work. 
And as I already said, I had already quit my job. So I was very stressed out. And um, yeah, I was, I was dating this guy at the time and he was great, wonderful guy. And I had kind of realized that that wasn't going to work long term for me. It like makes me choked up even thinking about it. <laughs> but it's just, that's a really hard decision to make. And especially when all of my life was up in the air and I had just opened my business, I just, I had to be true to myself and I had to do what makes me happy. And that was, I had to, I had to leave him and go out on my own. And that was a really scary decision, but I had realized, I looked in the mirror and I was like, this is not the person that I want to be. And I've always wanted different things for my life. I've always wanted to be more independent. I'm so unhappy. I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was just absolutely, honestly miserable. And I didn't realize it took me years to realize that I just wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I wasn't like really fulfilling my full potential. And not that he was holding me back. It's that I wasn't letting myself grow. And I wasn't letting myself grow because I had that safety net of him being there. And I needed to rip that out from under me in order to figure out who I am and to move forward. So that is what I did. And ultimately, it was really hard. Like changing your position in life is really hard, Um, especially like those were all of my friends. I didn't really, I had kind of given up my friends. I'd lost myself in that relationship, which is I'm like terrified of now (laughs) because I've done it before and I've done it multiple times. It wasn't just him, but I realized I was losing myself and I wanted to find myself again. So I went out and I did, and I was, it took me about, I want to say a month. My best friend at the time um, had said to me at first, she was like incredibly unsupportive of the decision and I was feeling really alone. And then like three or four weeks later, she apologized and she was like, you know what? I'm so sorry that I judged you for that. And I'm so sorry that I wasn't supportive because like this person that you are right now, like this is the person I became friends with. And I was like, exactly. Like I totally lost myself. Like I just, no one could see it, but me, I was the only person that could see the huge difference. And then everything kind of, once I ripped that bandaid and got myself out of that environment, like I just took off running and it was hard. I fell down a million times. I still like, I constantly talk to my therapist about like, I feel like I'm running to catch up to a bus and it stops. And then I'm like almost there. And then it leaves again. And I'm like, no, look, come mm-hmm. on. I missed it. I was so close. And like, that's how I feel all the time. It's really hard. And I think a lot of us in our own companies feel like that, but it's, it's fine. And eventually I'm going to catch the bus. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> eventually I'll catch the bus. Or you realize you've been on the bus the whole time and you've just been pretending you've been running after it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Where I'm just being paranoid. I should be on a different bus because I feel like that's what we all actually are scared of. Like, oh, should I be doing that? Like those people are doing that, but that doesn't matter. Like I just have to put all of that out of my brain and like refocus on my to-do list today. And that's how I deal with all that. It's like staying in your own lane of things, getting stuff done, doing it. There's just no reason to overcomplicate it. And we all do. Mm-hmm. And we just do without trying. And I just, I'm really interested in like psychology. I really honestly should, should have gone to school for that. But I just think it's really interesting. Like, why do we do that? I think it's society, but it's unfortunate. And we should do that less. And we should work with each other on not doing that and reminding each other like, hey, you're doing great. And <laughs> you're doing what you should be doing. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to like the whole perfect person. So I read a book about um, women and like their relationship with men and all of that. And it wasn't necessarily the stereotypical book of like women, you do X, Y, and Z to get the man. It was much more of like looking at yourself and the concept in there. And they were talking about the perfect person 
So it's projecting the perfect person on everyone Mm -hmm. consciously and subconsciously, but it's also like on yourself, like you're striving to obtain this perfect person, which doesn't exist anywhere. And that's where like the disconnect comes from. And it feels like you're trying to like hustle, hustle to get to be that perfect person. Cause once you're that perfect person, then everything's bubblegum and rainbows, which is not true. Exactly. That's the whole thing is once you make it quote, you still feel like you don't make it. So it's like, you're always going to feel this way. And I think that that's just the fire inside of really ambitious people is that's just what keeps us running. And I'm trying to come to terms with that. And I'm trying to like not put so much pressure on myself and my friend. Like I, I have issues with like my friends and family. I love hard. I really, really do. And like it, I'm an empath and it kills me to watch people hurt. Like it kills me. I can't do it. I have to remove myself from the situation because I simply like, I'll be up for days crying over like my friend dating an asshole I'm like oh but why why is she doing it like it's so stupid so we all just like need to constantly focus on that and focus on it doesn't matter if you're perfect and it's an endless battle and you're also always going to feel like you're maybe not enough so getting there and working with yourself and reminding yourself you're you are like that's not a bad thing. It's just, everyone's kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to like when you made the decision to break up with your boyfriend at the time as your whole, like your whole life was basically going down the crapper, which oh, yeah. happens. It's called what people call a quarter life crisis. I call it what the fuck moments. Mm-hmm. That, that scenario happens all the time, especially for people who grow. Yeah. But I think it's important to note that it was that like you were actually choosing you. And even though it was really, really hard because you knew you were going to be hurting another person, but it's like you balance the scales of not hurting someone else's feelings, but also like not losing yourself. And so it comes to the point of what do you choose? And so it's like anyone's journey, they have to decide when they want to choose themselves and then not look back and be like the whole time was a waste of time or that they were people pleasing and doing all this and losing themselves or going down on themselves. It happened how it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is I never look at my past relationships like a waste of time ever. Like every single person in my life was sent to me for a reason for instance, this past long-term boyfriend, he and I were together for three-ish years and we both had had really significant trauma. Both his, well, his mother unfortunately passed away from breast cancer when he was, I think, 21. And we started dating maybe two years after, but my parents, my mom actually had cancer in 2011. She had a successful bone marrow transplant, knock on wood, and they consider her to be cured, which is sick. Thank you, Johns Hopkins. But they, um, I, I was taking care of her with my sister. We would go down during the week and my dad would go down on the weekends and my brother, when he could, he was in dental school, which is a pain. Um, but I moved straight from Temple down to Baltimore, lived there, took care of my mom. She was, she had a really, really rare form of leukemia. Her survival chances were about 20%. So that was like really daunting. I got that news during finals, <laughs> freshman year. Timing. Yeah. Amazing time. My family, naturally, I mean, they were trying to do a good thing, kept it from me <laughs> for, until my brother came up to, cause we had to get tests for to see if we were a good donor mm-hmm. match. My brother came up and a nurse wouldn't give it to me, like wouldn't give me the test because they were closed, whatever. And he's like, look, our mom has cancer and we need this test now. And I was like, wait, our mom has cancer? What? <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh yeah. So we like, I had been through that and thank God we came out on the other end. And then right after, um, was that? right after or right before, right before I opened my company, I want to say 2015, 
or maybe beginning of 2016, my dad was diagnosed with cancer as well. And he went, underwent treatment that whole year. His last treatment was like six days before my sister's wedding. And he gave the speech and did all of that. And then stood by me through all of that, my boyfriend at the time. And I like truly do believe like God sent him, I'm getting choked up, <laughs> to make sure that I could handle that again. And I think that that's like really important. And he helped me so much through that. And I do believe that I helped him deal with his trauma as well, because he was very in his head about it. A lot of men don't feel free enough to like cry about losing their mom, which is awful. You lost your mom, cry. Obviously you should like, you're totally allowed to be beside yourself. Like that's normal. So he and I had gone through a lot of similar traumas and it was so much harder even to break up with him because of that, because I knew that he and I were so important to each other and that that is somebody that I leaned on. Um, and I was someone that he leaned on and just along with that, like I have always kind of had trouble with my family. Like I've always kind of felt like an outsider because I'm different than everybody else and that's okay. But like, I'm very hyper emotional, obviously. <laughs> and I like take everything to heart. I'm really sensitive. I get angry quickly. Like I'm like just different than the rest of them. And I've always kind of felt like an outsider. So my support system falls heavily on my significant other always like always I rely on them for support that's kind of like that's always been my biggest help and Evan was incredible for that and so I knew I was going to lose all that when I left and I was like I don't know if I can do it and I was going to do it the day I got run over by a car and I felt like that was a sign from God like don't do it I was literally going to my therapist to talk about like getting up mustering up the courage to have this conversation with him that was going to hurt and ruin my life and ruin his life. So I was literally about to do that that day. I had parked down on Fitzwater, 16th and Fitzwater. I was going towards Penn on Fitzwater and I had parked my car. And meanwhile, of course, you know, like you're not the only person in your life going through trauma. My sister, of course, one of her patients, patients died. She's beside herself. She's a doctor. She was a nurse at the time. And so she's talking, she's crying on the phone. I have her on speaker. I'm like looking for parking. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got to get there. And I get out of the car. I put on my jacket. I tell my sister, hold on. I'm like one second, leave my phone on the roof of my car. And I take off my jacket because it's hot, throw it back in my car, grab my purse, shut the door, purse, clutch under my arm, grab my phone. And I brought it up to my ear and I said, okay, go on. And then as soon as I said that, I heard revving and I looked over my shoulder and a car was about three feet from crushing me in between his SUV and my car. And I had a split second to decide what to do. And I was like, oh shit. I've had so many concussions. I've played a lot of sports um, and just doing stupid stuff with my friends mm -hmm. but I was like cover your head cover your head and jump you're he's gonna crush your hips and you're never gonna walk again so real quick like I covered my head and I jumped as high as I could he launched me I hit the car in front of me he ran over my legs my chest like crushed the car that was in front of me um and he dragged me a car length and a half and I was in the fetal position fully aware in the middle of the road and like scream because I don't scream apparently when things happen. So I screamed as loud as I could. So the next car didn't hit me. I'm like in and out of consciousness. Some woman drags me to the side of the road. I see the dude who hit me like flip-flops running down. And his exact phrase was, holy shit, I'm so fucking late. Are you okay? And I was like, like I'm in it. Meanwhile, this woman's holding my head up. Like I'm like, I can't even like sit up and I'm screaming at this guy, like in and out of consciousness. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Whatever. The woman's like, did you call 911? He's like, I think so. And then she's yelling at him. You think so? What do you mean? So, oh my gosh. 
So she like lays me down on the ground and she's like, I have to go call 911. He obviously didn't. I'm like, okay. So I'm like laying there on the sidewalk. She goes in, she comes back out. She gives me a bottle of water. She goes and gathers my stuff from the road. It was like a yard sale. Like even my hair tie like blew out of my hair and she picked it up off the ground and was like, oh, do you want this? Like, ew, no, I don't, (laughs) that might be someone else's. So she picked up my stuff, grabbed my phone and I'm like, oh my God, shit, my sister's on the phone. She just heard all of that. (laughs) So I'm panicking. My phone takes forever to turn on. It finally turns on. And of course, like, sisters it's so typical she's I finally call her and she picks up and she's like hey did your phone die and I'm like hey no sorry I ran a right car <laughs> and she's like oh my god <laughs> but immediately laughs like chuckled and was like are you okay and I was like I mean no like an ambulance is coming <laughs> but I'm fine I'm alive I can I didn't break anything I don't think um and she's like okay like do you want me to call my boyfriend at the time? And I'm like, yes, like I need him. And that, so she called in and my brother, because my brother James was working. Um, he was in his orthodontic residency in uh, Temple. So he was actually working up there, but they take me to Jefferson, beat me there. He left work and made it there. Like that was a moment That was really hard for me because here I am thinking all day, I have to get out of this relationship. I'm not myself. I hate who I am now. What do I do? And I finally, like, he was wonderful. He was amazing. Like, he was so helpful the whole time. Of course, my brother shows up and he's like, (laughs) Desiree, you really shouldn't have both of your insurance cards in one wallet. I'm like, all right, thanks. Like, can we do this another day? <laughs> such a brother comment. So they, like, are taking such good care of me, whatever. And I, oh, my therapist also called me while I'm in the ambulance. She's like, Desiree, don't we have a meeting today? I'm like, yeah, sorry, I run a right car. Like, I'm having all these conversations on the phone the whole time. And so I go see or to see her the next day. Um, maybe two days later, I think, I think it was the next day, but, um, we are, I like sit down and she's like, well, so, um, before we get to talking about your accident, did absolutely everything you needed him to do. And I was like, I know. And I was like, and I can't break up with him. And she's like, I don't think you should. Like, I don't think now is the time for either of you. Like, you guys should stay together. And then things like felt like they were getting better, but I'm like, I still am not myself and I'm not who I want to be. And I don't feel the freedom to do that. And so finally it was that upcoming June. It was the weekend of my birthday. I turned 25. I think I was my 25th. So it was big. And I was at a bachelorette party And someone was talking to me at the bar and like, he was interested in what I had to say. I'm like, oh my God, like there are people who are totally interested in what I have to do. And there are people who I don't have to like give up my entire life to spend time with and be a totally different person. Like people like me the way that I am. I don't have to change all these things for these people. And not that even he was asking me to change. It's just, you don't notice that you're doing it. And then you're years in and I'm like, oh my God, these people don't even know who I am. Like one of my freshman year friends, Esteban, we ran into him out with all of the guys, like, cause we played football. And so all of our friends either played or coached football. And so we hung out with all the girlfriends and the wags. So we hung out and my friend Esteban came and he's telling these stories and they're like, wait, Des, that's you? That's you? And I'm like oh my God, like none of you know me. And that was kind of a moment where I was like, holy shit, nobody here knows who you are. And like, you don't even know if they like you because you aren't who you are. Like, why are you doing this? And why are you acting like this? So it was a really, really tough decision. And all of those things like make it so much more stressful, but like, I couldn't do it anymore. And I couldn't pretend any longer. And 
I realized like it was like the writing in the wall was in front of me of like okay you stay together you marry this guy and you're a wife and you're gonna want to have kids he's gonna want to have kids he wants you to move to Jersey you're gonna have to move to Jersey you won't have the freedom to go and do this with your business you won't have the freedom to do that and I was thinking like, would he move with me at that time? No, he was not interested in ever moving away from New Jersey. And like my business might take me places. I hope it does. I hope my business takes me tons of places. And it was just all of these crossroads. And I'm like, you know, this is not what I want to do. And I'm not being who I am and that's okay. And breaking his heart was so hard. And I broke my own at the same exact time. Like, I don't think it was easier on either one of us. I think breakups are horrible on everyone involved. And I think people forget that for the person, like, actually doing it. Mm -hmm. It was really hard for me to decide that I was worth all of my attention. And even now, like, I'll date people and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't not work because you wanted to hang out. And that says everything to me. I'm like, if it's more important to me or if you're asking me to not work, we can't be together. I'm sorry. Like, and that's okay. And like, that means that I'm single right now and that's okay. I make engagement rings. People are very curious about that. I know it's really weird and people think it's weird. I don't think it's weird, (laughs) but yeah, you sometimes need that alone time. I argue with friends all the time. It's okay to be alone and you learn the most about yourself when you are alone. And even if you're doing something that you never thought you'd be doing, like maybe you thought, I thought I was going to marry that guy. Like, and I, I was positive I was going to marry that guy. And it's just, things are totally different now. And I always think, you know what? Anyone that you're meant to be with, if it's meant to happen, it's going to come back. And that's fine. Like you can take your time and it'll come back or it won't and different things will happen. But like life goes on. It's not like staying. I think at this age right now, people stay in relationships because it's easy. And I've never been a path of least resistance type of girl. And I don't think anyone should be, but I know people are comfortable where they are and that's okay. You can do that, but there are so many more things you can do if you are just willing to turn your life upside down. Mm -hmm. We could just end the episode right there. (laughs) Face, drop, mic bomb. Words are easy today too. Um, But it's so true. It's just like, you know, when... I graduated from law school, like literally same type of scenario, just different experiences, Mm -hmm. like shit hit the fan, finally broke up with the ex at the time, or my boyfriend at the time, which is really hard. Like I wanted to wave beforehand and looked at it like this is not working because it, we're just really on different paths and there are just different things that, you know, I have like different core values and stuff or different ways of like thinking a partnership should be mm-hmm. and all of that. And it just wasn't working. And then it's like, well, then it's like your whole life is a mess. And I knew intuitively, like afterwards, people are like, you just like date, start dating other people and do that. And I'm like, no, I'm not ready for that. Cause then it's kind of, I'm projecting all of the shit that's going on mm-hmm. on them. Like, I'm not actually healing what is happening. And, like, I completely lost myself during that time. But it wasn't until I was at a uh, a woman's retreat. So, like, getting in touch with the feminine energy since I've been so much in my masculine most of my life. And it was there where I was like, you know what? I'd be okay with getting a fuck buddy. It'd be fine. Yeah. And then, like, and then that was out over here. Yeah, and then I was just like, wow, that's when it was the first light of me, like, healing. But then, you know, in perfect universe fashion, it was like a circle of women and we're bestowing our wisdom from the different ages. Mm -hmm. And after I had that thought, I'm like, oh, wow, I've actually healed. And I think this would be just, like, fun to explore. She she goes, be careful who you have sex with because sex is an exchange of energy. And then I'm like, oh, fucking universe. Damn it. (laughs) 
if I'm putting that intention out there, like I don't want to be giving that and then receiving that in the end. So I'm like, whatever, fine. I'll just be single for a while longer. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's fine. I feel like honestly, it's distracting from my end goal, which sounds, I had a man tell me it was selfish. Um, a guy I was dating told me it was selfish if I honestly thought that I wasn't going to have to stop working if we got married. And I'm like, oh, isn't now? But it's not selfish of you to, and he was like, oh, well, no, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to make more money. I'm like, oh, got it. Like, it's, it's unfathomable. But, oh my gosh, if that's not what you want to do, you don't have to do it. And it's totally fine. It's scary, but... I didn't make it all any easier. Like my whole point of all of this was like, it was hard to do. And that like, and even like choosing your own self isn't, isn't always the easiest. Like you demonstrated and said, Mm -hmm. shown, which thank you for sharing that. Cause that was really powerful. So. (laughs) Of course. Well, I think more people need to hear that. Like people go through really hard stuff, like all the time. Like, I feel like I'm being pummeled by waves constantly and that's okay. Like COVID, COVID crushed business for a lot of people. For me, it crushed business. Like you're crawling back out though. Like that's life. You have to deal with those things and the strong people overcome those things and you just work hard and make sure that you can overcome it and then it'll be okay. That's also, yes, that is also business. It's why you have different seasons in your business. Like you have different seasons in your life. It's just like, exactly. you know, there's nothing is going to ever be easy. And sometimes I'm kind of like, why would you want it to be easy? Exactly. Well, if it's easy, everyone would do it. Like right. that is true. I don't get me wrong. Totally envy my friends who can go home from work and not think about it. Like that's un fathomable to me but super cool would love that <laughs> that would be cool but that's really all that I'm feeling like I'm missing and like a steady paycheck but <laughs> it ebbs and flows and you know then I make more money in the end like that's that's the goal and it works. holding on to that vision choosing yourself well with that, we'll transition into the final questions, even though I feel like this conversation could go on for us at least two more hours yeah. about different things. <laughs> like We didn't even get to some of the stuff I thought about we'd talk about. I know, me too. <laughs> um, where can everyone find you? So I have a website. It's DesideriaCollection.com. We have Instagram. It's at DesideriaCollection. Um, what else do we have? We have a blog. It's on our website. You can click it right there. And we are on Facebook as well. And all of our jewelry's up. Um, Noah works for me and he's phenomenal. He keeps my marketing like up to date and the social media going strong. And we actually have some really exciting launches coming up on, well, this will already be, le- be released at that point, but a little behind the scenes from right now, we're launching a men's line of lifestyle jewelry and engagement rings starting October 7th. And I'm doing that with the influencers, the lifestyle influencers, Alex and Mike. You can find them at Alex and Mike on Instagram, or I believe their website is alexandmike.life. I can double check that though, but they're phenomenal. I have always been wanting to do a line of men's engagement rings. And I met them right about a year ago. That's another thing. Like you think things are going to go a different way. I have no idea this would take an entire year. (laughs) We can't believe we're launching right now. And it's been a whole year since we started, but we started in October, 2019. And we started talking about it. Um, All of that actually stemmed from my best friend from college, Kyle got married and his husband, now Dennis, Dennis's brother makes jewelry. So he got him this ring, but all that's out there right now is boring boring stuff for men and it's not fair because Kyle is not boring and that's the very first thing I was like what in my head I could have made something super cool 
so then I was do, just doing sketches for myself. And then I met Alex and Mike. I think we just met through SoulCycle. We sat next to each other on bikes and we got to talking and I was like, Hey, you know, like I'm doing this line. I would love to work with you guys just to get your input of what you like. And then it turned into a full blown collaboration for, we started out thinking about cocktail jewelry for men, which is why we went with the name lifestyle collection because men don't have cocktail jewelry. They're not used to it. You guys can wear jewelry. That's fine. Like you can wear cocktail-esque jewelry or lifestyle jewelry. That's not for an occasion. And you can also have a really fun, blingy, out of the ordinary, but still masculine if you want engagement ring. So we kind of did a sample of those of what we can do to show people all of those are going to be for sale online starting October 7th. And we can also do custom from those. So if you see something that you like, but it's not perfect, I can absolutely customize that for you. I do it literally all the time. That's my bread and butter and what I truly like to do. Well, that's exciting. Doing something different. And that's something that's much needed as well. I would love Mm -hmm. to also do a unisex line that has nothing. But right now, men are an underserved population in the jewelry community. And I want to deliver that first. And then we're going to kind of blur the lines from there and make a whole collection of engagement rings where you don't really know what, who they're for. They're for you. They're for whoever likes them. Mm-hmm. They're for the individual. It's not based on gender exactly. or what anyone identifies with. Exactly. It's just not about that. It's about you and what you like. Well, I'm excited to see the jewelry and then I'm excited to see your Yuna sex line when it comes out. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Um, what's a book resource podcast, and it doesn't have to be all three, just something that added value to your life that you'd share with the audience. Okay. I have a handful of really good books. Um, one is <laughs> you're wearing that and it talks about mother daughter relationships. It's by Deborah Tannen. Incredible would recommend to a friend and a friend's mother. It's so good. I made my mom read it. It talks about how Mothers and daughters speak to each other via meta message. Another one along the same lines, same author, Deborah Tannen. Um, this one is, that's not what I meant. And it talks about the difference of ways that men and women communicate. And I think that that's really important. That's helped me in business. That's why I started reading it initially was because of business. And then I'm like, oh, everything we say to them, they read it differently than we do. And that's really helpful in business and in life just to focus on in relationships. Okay, maybe maybe he really didn't think about it. We're always like, yeah, you did. You did. No, he truly didn't. And another one that I really liked is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Incredible book. Definitely read it. It's It just... It makes you feel like you can tackle it and it makes you feel like you're not alone because you're not. Everyone is going through this and everyone is trying to tackle those things. And that's just, it's helpful to go through those. I'm trying to think of any podcasts or anything. I listen to like fun podcasts. I really, really like Life is Short with Justin Long. Okay. (laughs) It's hilarious. So if you need to like leave society in your brain, go to Justin Long. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that with the Great British Bake Show. Oh my God. Yes. I just started watching that. I can't believe I've never watched it before. It's just so, it's nice, fun little competition, but it it's fun and it's friendly and it's a great escape from everything else. And because there are other series that TV shows that I watch and they're all like drama and all of this. And I'm like, I don't want any drama I, I just don't want any more drama fun. <laughs> I just want something fun and relaxing that's you know people actually helping each other out exactly but yeah um before we move on the final questions I do want to point out the the second book you recommend about talking with men mm-hmm. I think it's really important I because there was a, the um queen's code which is sounds similar and it's basically what I mentioned earlier about the the perfect woman concept. It also talks about, and it's Alison Armstrong. Um, 
but she talks about from like the female perspective and then also ways how to communicate with men and like understanding them and speaking them their own language yeah which has saved me in so many times afterwards like talking with my brother talking with my guy friends like mm-hmm. you know I didn't read it to get a, a partner it's just like well how do I communicate with men because I'm also of the philosophy that like men are not the enemy which does not make me think women are less than and need men to be the enemy. I'm kind of like, we need to work together. Exactly. But if we have, but if our brains are wired differently and we speak different languages and I'm obsessed with language, why wouldn't I want to learn how to communicate with them? Exactly. That doesn't mean you have to stop being mad at them. I feel like that's what people think. Like then they're going to lose their right to be pissed off about X, Y, Z. You won't, you can still be mad, whatever. But if they did say this, they really meant that. Like, women speak between the lines, men speak in the lines. Like, for the right. most part, they're telling you what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So, it is helpful. And I feel like, even like, just reminding people that men are human beings, like, men are freaking humans with feelings, heaven forbid. Like, girls dating now, like, some of my friends that are dating, I'm like, oh my god, like, like, why did he do that? Uh, he was nervous. Like, you're really pretty. He was nervous to go on a date with you. That's okay. He was shy. Like, men are people too. And everyone is having trouble. Men have body issues, body image issues too. And I forget that. But it, it really is true. And they really, some of them really take it to heart. And they don't really have an outlet because it's not accepted by society for them to hate their body. So think if you're even doing this in secret, like we're doing this all the time, but in public, but they're doing it in secret. Right. Which makes it worse. Mm -hmm. What would you say has been your bravest moment so far? That breakup. That was the bravest moment. Cause everything else, like if you have your support system and you have like, that aspect, everything else can come and go. But I was just like chopping that off immediately. And I knew it was going to be a disaster and I knew it was going to be scary, but like everyone is scared. (laughs) I know I talked to you about this before. It's just, everyone's scared. I talk to people all the time. I talk to schools and students, like people in college, people in junior high, whatever, people in elementary school. Everyone is scared. And if anyone's telling you they weren't scared before they made these business decisions, they are lying because everyone is scared and it's normal to be scared. And I think that the people who make it just are scared and pull the trigger anyway. And they take that risk and they bet on themselves because you can do it. And Hey, if you can't, that's okay. Like you can always go back and do your life again, do something else. Like, Go into a different career, meet a different guy, meet a different girl, meet whatever. Like you can do different things. You can edit such small portions of your life that make such a difference if you just aren't afraid to do it. But literally everyone's afraid. I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert, her big magic book. Um, She said like bring fear along for the ride, but not let it in the driver's seat like she can come for the ride she's gonna come for the ride anyway you might as well befriend it but don't let them take the driver's seat yeah exactly I'm not 100% sure it was her because there have been multiple ones that have said that but I think that's the that at least strain of thought came from and then our final question what is your definition of brave being scared and doing it anyway. Because a lot of things are really scary and the biggest, most life altering things are really scary. And I've been saying like, people remember people who take those risks and I wanna be remembered. (laughs) I wanna make a difference. And that's my goal is I'm gonna do different things and be brave and If you're scared, it doesn't matter. You can absolutely still do it. And you are brave if you're scared and doing it anyway across the board. 
It's a great one. This whole episode has been amazing. So thank you so much for coming on, Desiree. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun, honestly. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.